0: Welcome to your weekly Tech Law 10 podcast. I'm proud to announce this is number 197. We're getting closer to 200. As you know, I'm Eric Sinrod with Dwayne Morris. I'm based in San Francisco. I'm joined weekly by my colleague, Jonathan Armstrong at Quarterly. Jonathan always has something up his sleeve. I think right now up his sleeve, we're talking email marketing schemes. Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well done, Eric. And apologies for the poorer sound quality than normal. I'm on the road spreading the message of GDPR. So what's GDPR? GDPR is the General Data Protection Regulation. This new all-encompassing data protection or privacy law, which comes in across Europe in May 2018. And I've been at a client's premises most of the day today trying to navigate their way through GDPR and what they're going to do. Now, one of the tasks that most of our clients are working through at the moment is looking at the databases that they mail to. GDPR is changing as well as a raft of other legislation. The rough equivalent of the U.S. can spam. Some legislation called PICA in the UK is being updated. But there's a complexity in marketing. Most businesses are trying to get opt-in consent to comply with the existing law and especially to comply with these new laws. But many of the databases that they have already were opt-out. So they asked people to check or tick a box if they didn't want mailing. And in this case an airline, Flybe, a regional airline based in the UK, tried to, if you like, improve its mail list. Now, it's fair to say that they had crossed horns with the UK data regulator previously over something different. And here they probably they the right thing by sending emails to 3.3 million email addresses, asking their customers if their details were correct. And the email was was what's technically called an incentivized opt-in campaign, i.e. Flybe said that if you update your preferences, then you could be entered into a prize draw. Now, the issue here was that one of those email recipients, so one of the 3.3 million, complained to the ICO, the data regulator. And the regulator investigated, and they saw that people who'd previously opted out of direct marketing were mailed to by Flybe. Flybe said that they told the third-party agency they used to do this because they wanted to clean up the database. And the ICO fined them £70,000 under the PICA regulations, these equivalents to can spam. So it seems that there was at least some good intention, although the ICO found that Flybe were, uh, w- were certainly deliberate in the way in which they'd sent the email to people they knew had already opted out. And for comparison as to the situation under GDPR, that £70,000 fine could be a maximum of 24.8 million pounds under GDPR. If you apply the same percentage formula against the current maximum, the fine for Flybe would be 2.9 million pounds. So the message, I think, is that you have to make sure that your marketing campaigns are correct and that they comply with the law as it currently exists and you can't say because we're worried about complying with a law that's coming in, we're going to break the existing law. And from my point of view, Eric, it's a little bit interesting because I think here it's generally regulators that are getting involved in cases like this. But my perception is that in the US it's the class action bar that are enforcing legislation like your telephone calling and
0: rules and, and can spam. Is that correct? Um, So there you go again, stealing my thunder and, uh, you know, pontificating what's happening here in the U.S. That's my job. But yes, of course, course you're correct, Jonathan. Um, It's true. Uh, Prior to the Can-Spam Act, which George W. Bush signed into law, I believe in 2003, we had patchwork laws in about 25, 26 different states governing, governing unsolicited commercial email, And it was a little confusing. And I would advise clients at the time, if you're doing email marketing, to please comply with the law of Delaware, because then the law of Delaware was the most strict, so you knew if you were complying with Delaware, you were good to go in the rest of the country. Uh, then Can't Spam Act came into effect, tried to create some national uniformity, although there still can be some heightened uh, requirements from certain states. But in the wake of all that, and even before can Spam, frankly, under the state laws, generally speaking, it's been... Uh, plaintiff attorneys uh, trying to bring together classes to essentially aggregate claims so there could be greater damages and, of course, greater rewards to so the attorneys uh, in bringing those cases for enforcement, not as much so in terms of um, you know, governmental oversight, but that's not to say it hasn't existed. There has been some. Uh, and we've seen the same sort of thing with, with faxes under the Telephone Communications Privacy Act. I believe it's called TCPA. Um, so that's true. Uh, you're absolutely correct. But then sort of going back to you, and of course you're across the pond, we have to think uh, internationally too, because if you're a marketer, and let's just say you have 500,000 email addresses, you don't know if Doe at gmail.com is based in Arkansas or Florida or Alaska in Wisconsin, Puerto Rico, Helsinki, Prague, <laughs> you know, Johannesburg, Moscow, you don't really know. And so – You know, we're running up against, you know, the the confounding nature of the Internet, which really knows no geographic boundaries, which makes it difficult when you're dealing with which laws apply and in which jurisdictions legal matters can proceed. And clearly in this short 10-minute podcast, we can't come to an absolute resolution that would be, you know, across the board, how do you decide where cases go and which law apply? I mean, you can take full law school courses on it and still see disputes in court, uh, not even if you're the world's leading expert on these subjects. So, so there you go. What do you think of that, Jonathan?
1: No, great thoughts, and and I think uh, one of the other cases that we had, the Lands End case from the Advertising Regulator, the ASA, sort of makes that point that you have to know exactly who you're mailing to, and you have to know the consent that they've given to that mailing. So I think the days of buying, you know, uh, you know, 10 million email addresses for uh, for $20 and ask no questions and, you know, send the cash to us in Bitcoins, I think are gone, um, particularly if you're, you know, a respectable corporation who's got assets for a regulator to fine or a, or a class action attorney to seize. So I guess we're probably on the 10, aren't we, Eric? I'm surprised you haven't broken out
0: into song. You know, you could be singing a la Monty Python. Spam, 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 Wonderful Spam. Now, I just said it in words. I didn't actually try to sing it, but I know you could probably sing it. Uh,
1: yes, but probably not tonight.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's daytime my time, so that, that excuse me. <laughs> All right, well, we can bring it to the yeah, Go let's, ahead.
1: Let's, yeah, let's leave that one for another day. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at dot Eric.
0: You can reach me at uh, EJSynrod at com. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Sorry we're a little bit punchy today, but, you know, you get what you get. So uh, we look forward to uh, contacting you and uh, having uh, further dialogue with you. If you have ideas and thoughts on our podcast, so please, please, of course, contact us next week. Or actually, Jonathan's on holiday next week. But the week after, we're talking podcast 198, so we're getting closer. All right.
1: Speak soon. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you.